It's an eagle. It's a jet. It's the goddamn jet. Ain't that the truth? Okay, David. You want to hear a crazy stat, Kurt? Yeah, I want to hear a crazy stat. It's been three weeks, and the Patriots have given up all of three points on defense. How insane is that? That is insane. But to be fair, look at the quality of their competition. That's true. I was going to bring that up later in the podcast. Quality, subpar competition, to say the least, for the Patriots so far. So I mean, uh, I'm David. And I'm Kurt. And we're here after another, I have to say, underwhelming week of football, Kurt. What do you think? weekend as an Eagles fan my this weekend was terrible for me absolutely awful as it was for me as a Jets fan too I got spared a little bit because I was at the Yankee game but it was ugly to follow what do you think was the best game of the week David I actually think that the best game of the week was the Giants and the and the Buccaneers surprising enough it was Daniel Jones's first game. It was one of the only games that really had suspense coming down to the wire with the Giants mounting an 18-point comeback and then ultimately winning it because of a Buccaneers missed field goal. But all the other games were kind of boring and didn't really have much suspense uh, going down to the wire. I think, I think the best game this week, it hurts, was the Eagles-Detroit game. That was another pretty close game. It was a close game. It came down. Three minutes left. Eagles give the ball back to Detroit. Detroit goes to kick a field goal to go up six. They block the field goal and return at 50 yards. And the Eagles can't put the ball in the end zone with a minute left. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside drops a touchdown. Yeah, second week in a row that an Eagles receiver has dropped a potential game-winning touchdown. Has to hurt to be an Eagles fan right now with all the injuries and uh, just the bad execution by the players that are on the field. The Eagles offense had three fumbles and seven drops in the game. Seven. Yeah, we're gonna, seven drops is a lot of drops. And this has been a theme for them even – I guess since their Super Bowl year was the last year that they really got off to a really hot start. The last couple under Doug Peterson, it, it kind of looks like they're they're not ready to start the season and they pick it up in the second half. Do you see that happening again this year? Do you think they'll string together some wins or will, will they be an inconsistent team all season? I think eventually they'll be stringing together some wins. I mean, they have a lot of people. They're the most injured team in football right now. And all their people are week to week. It's not like they lost any. They only lost um, uh, their D tackle for the season. Not Fletcher Cox. Malik Jackson, I think that's his name. Other than that, everyone else should be back in like a month. The problem is in the NFC, can you take a month off? That remains to be seen. It's going to be tough to grab that second wild card to begin with. With uh taking a step up this year the cowboys aren't going to aren't going to slow down i don't think so it will be tough if they t- if they 
fall this week on Thursday night to the Green Bay Packers. They'll have a tough hill to climb. But we saw them do it last year, so we'll, I guess we'll see. Okay, Dave. So let's tell our viewers about what the theme of this episode is going to be. Well, if you ever listen to New York sports radio, and I'm sure it's like this at everywhere else, everyone loves to second-guess coaches and general managers. And we had eight new head coaches hired this offseason in the NFL. And three weeks in, people are already starting to guess, second-guess the Adam Gase hiring here in New York. And with – I have four of the head coaches at – 0-3 right now and one of them at 0-2-1 so I'm guessing other places are starting to are having these uh, these way too early callings for, for firings but we're going to talk about the eight new head coaches and how they've looked so far, what they need to do better and maybe we saw one head coach Steve Wilkes get fired after one year, will any of these coaches not be retained for a second season? So I want to get started with a coach that we saw last night, Kurt, Freddie Kitchens. Cleveland is one and two. He There was hype around him because when he took over play calling responsibilities last year, Cleveland went on their run and almost made the playoffs. But their offense is 25th in points, 16th in total yards, and 25th in rushing. If you watched the game last night, they had, they had the ball. I think they were on the five-yard line, first and five, to try to win the game. Four straight bad play calls, in my opinion, to lose the game against the Rams. They're also they're also the most penalized team in all of football going into last night's game. How do you what do you think about Freddie Kitchens so far? So Freddie Kitchens, as a head coach, a manager of the team, has not done a good job. They are the most penalized team in football, which reflects coaching. And mm-hmm. that's a- I agree. I think he is a good play caller, but I think because he has to be a manager and a play caller, he's not focusing enough time on either, and he's becoming worse at both. And I that's think, a very that's a very good point. And I think one of the problems he has as a coach is he needs to set a a community in the locker room and expectations, and because he doesn't have any veteran leaders in the locker room that have really been winners and leaders, he has no one to help him set or go to example. While if you go to another great play caller and head coach, Sean McVay, McVay can afford to spend more time play calling because he has so many veterans on that Rams team that understand what it takes to win. Not to mention Wade Phillips calling that defense. That def- McVay has said that that takes a lot of pressure off him as a head coach. That's also true. But I didn't, I didn't find that Cleveland's defense has been a problem this year. I no, their, def- their defense has played well, especially with their injuries in the secondary. It's really been the offense. Like I said, 25th in rushing was a tank, and now he's – I think he's averaging under four yards a carry this season. But not only that, I also find they have the same issue that I have with the Eagles in that they run out of shotgun a lot more. Mm-hmm. And when the Cleveland was so successful last year was when they did one tight end, three receivers, and a running back. And they under center, and they ran up the middle and play action and zone outs, outside zone a lot. I also realized that it looks like Baker's 
Well, yesterday he was forced out of the pocket a lot because they're another team with uh, tremendous offensive line issues. But he was when he was protected, he was kind. Of, it was in the shotgun, so he's only taking one step back. And a lot of the highlights that you saw of him last year was when he was in the play action, taking the five step drop out of the high form or a uh, single back set. And that's when he was getting. That's when he was in rhythm and he was getting the most, having the most success. Maybe they have to get back to that. I'm sure they'll try to fix it. But their offense looks terrible right now, and it reflects poorly on the head coach. But one thing I want to say about the last drive, while people didn't like the first two play calls, on third and goal, Baker missed Jarvis Landry on the, in the end zone for a touchdown. That's I don't fair. know. I, did you watch the? Did you rewatch the play? Uh, no, I I just saw the four plays. I didn't watch the replays. The basically it was the inside. I guess a tall wide receiver, so almost like a tight end ish, like a hybrid. He runs mm-hmm. up the field, and Landry runs and out and in, going underneath. They have they're both in man coverage, and there's a safety in the middle. If the safety comes up on the if the safety comes up to stop Landry, he's supposed to throw it deep. If he does if he stays deep, he's supposed to throw it to Landry underneath. And he misread the play. Well that's I guess that's the that's the growing pains of having a second year quarterback. I do think he'll get better. He's getting a lot of hate. I think I saw all over social media Baker Mayfield is overrated this morning. Well, it almost, it almost looks like he has regressed since last season. Yeah, well, that's common with the second-year quarterback. You know, I also think that he fell into the trap of buying his own hype, and he did a lot of commercials. You see him. I, he has at least three or four commercials that they play constantly during NFL games. Maybe he didn't work as hard as he needed to, but hopefully this wakes him up because I do, I do think Baker Mayfield has a, has a lot of talent behind him. I do too. I just, I, uh, I am not a Browns fan, as you can tell if you've listened to the podcast. But I feel like Freddie Kitchens is getting a little more hate than they need to. And I think the, uh, I think the team it has been constructed wrong, personally. And I don't think the Rams are going to have a very good year. And I think they're becoming very close to imploding. I, I don't know, but that's what a lot of people said. If they go, if they start losing games, people, they're going to implode. But I actually think that the group is getting along pretty well together. Like Odell Beckham Jr. has been quiet besides the whole watch thing, which is just was just a pointless thing to talk about. Jarvis Landry is just sitting there. I think that the team gets along well, but Freddie Kitchens might have been a premature hire. Just he was never. He was a coordinator for seven games last year. No, and I feel like he could have been a really good offensive coordinator if he would. Have oh, I, I think he would have been tremendous. Yeah. But they, or he should have retained Greg Williams. I know it would have been hard because he was in charge of the locker room, and it would have been hard for him to step down. But they, or they should have brought someone like Greg Williams in that could work with Freddie Kitchen, someone who's done it before. I agree. Going to this, before we talk about our other head, new head coaches, Dave, do you prefer a head coach that calls his own plays 
or a head coach that is more of a mediator, like a Belichick or a Nick Saban? I th- I really think it depends on the personnel because even with Belichick, when he he stepped in numerous times in his career on both sides of the ball and called the plays. Well, he's calling the plays right now on that New England defense, and he looks great. Yeah, I know. Um, I think I'd rather have a mediator, but that's such a tough question because if you don't have – if you have a young quarterback, then you have to be more hands-on. If you have a guy that you could trust, like uh, Harbaugh had with Flacco for all those years, you could be more of the mediator guy. But you definitely need – you definitely need guys underneath the mediator who could who could gain the respect of the players, and I, that's such a tough question. What would be your answer? I feel like you'd you'd rather have a play caller. I don't know because right now the Eagles have Doug Peterson as a play caller, and I'm not a big fan of his play calling offensively, and I hate Schwartz's play calling defensively. And I really wish they could – I feel like the good news about a mediator head coach is you keep you keep your offensive and defensive coordinator honest. Like you got if, a good point there. If they're doing if – if the play calling is not going well, you have someone above them to tell them to cut that shit out. Like right that, now – That's it does, true, but I think, a, I think a head coach could do that either way. That, like – the thing about the thing about the coaches, you don't necessarily need to be a great play caller or even the play caller at all, but you have to be a leader. And I think that's like Sean McVay. He's not going to call the defense. I he'll make defensive calls if he needs to. I'm guessing. I think I think him and Sean, Wade Phillips have the uh, the relationship where he could step in and tell him he's doing a bad job if he needs to. But when it comes down to it, McVay is a good coach because he's a good leader. Belichick's a good coach because he's a good leader. I think we have to see if Freddie Kitchens will be a good coach because he's a good leader. We know he can call plays. He did it last season. Will he be a leader, and will he bring the team together? So, Dave, does he make it through the rest of this season? Fired or not fired? Oh, I, th- I don't think he's going to be fired. Unless unless he really loses control of the locker room, like a lot of people think is possible. I think he has a good enough connection with Baker Mayfield. I think the two of them are tied together. Okay. I agree with that. Who's the next so now, coach you want you want to talk about? It's another one and two coach. This one has years of experience coaching. Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay. I personally was very excited about two head coaches that I'm I'm not going to include Adam Gase in that because obviously I'm going to be excited as a Jets fan. But two other head coaches that I was very excited about were Bruce Arians and Vic Faggio. But so far, I think Bruce Arians has not done a very good job in Tampa Bay. He came in to make Jameis Winston into somewhat of a consistent quarterback, and he's been anything but that in the first three games. Again, really, you don't think he's doing a lot better than he did in past years? Well, I mean, look at the games. He did he did nothing against Carolina. He torched a giant secondary that's one of the worst in football. Yeah, but he still torched it. And then he threw three and then he threw three but then they took the 
gas off the pedal, and he threw an interception in the second half, and they blew an 18-point lead. And they and he so also that's, threw that's, a deep pass to Mike Evans for a 30-yard field goal to win the game, and he missed it. I know, but just the fact that they took their foot off the gas, they could have blew the Giants out yesterday, but it just shows that that Arians hasn't seen enough of Javis Winston in practice to trust him to not throw the game away, and they ended up throwing it away by not uh, keeping their foot on the gas pedal. But back to the point, like we said about Cleveland, Tampa Bay, second most penalties per game. I'm not sure where they are penalty yardage-wise. Like Cleveland's last in both penalties and penalty yards. I know for a fact that Tampa Bay's second in penalties per game, and again, that reflects poorly on the coaching staff. I do. Bruce Arians is a genius coach. He's. I still think he's a quarterback whisperer, but he has to do a better job with his young quarterback and the offense. They should be. They should be three and zero right now. They should have beat the 49ers if they had any kind of consistent quarterback play. They beat the Carolina Panthers by the skin of their teeth because Cam Newton. Uh, Cam Newton's Cam Newton. And they beat and they should have beat the Giants. There was no excuse for them to lose that game against a rookie quarterback at home. I give him an F right now for what he's done in Tampa Bay. I disagree with you. I think no matter what was gonna happen, they were gonna lose the San Francisco game. It wasn't a close game. Oh, it was close until the third quarter. And then Jameis started throwing interceptions left and right. Yeah, but I feel like the problem is I think Jameis is not a good quarterback, and Arians Arians knows that and is trying to get the best out of him, but he's just not that good of a quarterback. He's not a good decision maker. He doesn't run through reads quickly. Um, they should have been. But with they, with all due respect to that, then he should have drafted a quarterback last year during the draft. Bruce Arians isn't a young guy. He has when he got hired, it's probably for five, six years at most. He needs a quarterback that he, he could win now with. He was brought in to make Jameis Winston into that quarterback. I understand. But I feel like this year for the Bucks, they're just going to move on to a different quarterback because they have a t- very talented roster other than their offensive line. Mm-hmm. Their defense with Bowles has looked very good. I mean, other than getting torched by Daniel Jones. But yeah, I, I mean, I that's think, a rookie quarter. Yeah. I, I don't think um, Bruce Arians has looked that bad, that bad as a coach. I think their offense has moved the ball. Well, they beat a good Carolina team. I didn't watch that much of the San Francisco game. So I couldn't tell you, but it's the first game of the year. So jitters. I think Bruce Arians has a place in this league coaching. One thing that I could say though, is I know Bruce Arians has said this in the past is he doesn't like his coaches working long hours and he believes in them having a life and a family, which is very different to a lot of other football teams. And I don't know how that that's like the exact opposite of John Gruden. Exactly. And I don't know how that is received in the locker room. All these best, all these best coaches, all they do is coach. McVay gets McVay gets to work at five in the morning, and he leaves at five p.m. at night, and then he goes home and he takes notes. Like he doesn't stop. 
Yeah, it's incredible how people think that that people don't know how much how much of a job coaching really is because you when when you go home you don't stop thinking about it like it's something that you, it's crazy how much time they put in. But yeah, I agree with you. I'm not saying Bruce Arians shouldn't be a coach. I love the guy. He's one of the best personalities in the league. He he did it both in Arizona and his in his one year as an interim with the Colts. He definitely has a place coaching in the league, but he just hasn't done a great job. Maybe it's because he's not putting the time in. Who knows? I also think one of his biggest problems is he doesn't want to throw people away. Like Jameis, I think he knew Jameis wasn't the best, but he's trying to get the best out of him, but he won't tell the GM we need a new quarterback. That's fair. I guess we'll have to see what they, what they do in a, after evaluating the season. It's only been three games, too, so maybe Jameis goes on and and is one of the best quarterbacks in the league and proves me wrong the next couple of weeks. I highly doubt that. Yeah, I do, too, but we'll see. I've been I've been burned before. Uh, now let's go on to a quarterback that not a quarterback, a coach that I think both of us don't really didn't really see the fit with the team that he got signed to. But it's actually the coach that's had the best success, Matt Lafleur, with Green Bay. He's three and zero. The defense has looked impressive, but he's an offensive coach. And I think you said a couple weeks ago, why would you hire an offensive coach from Tennessee who, whose offense is always league average? It, it's below league average, but yes. And the Packers and the Packers offense is actually below league average too this year. They're twenty eighth in yards and twenty third with twenty third in points. To be fair uh, though, they did play a good a great Bears defense and a very good Vikings defense. Yeah, and then a good, a very good uh, Broncos defense as well. So not so much this year, but was supposed to be very good Broncos defense. Yeah, exactly. So that might have something to do with it, but he also hasn't been on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. So even though he's three and zero, I don't, I wouldn't give this guy an A for his first three weeks. I, I still have to see more to say he's a good coach. I actually think. He is the coach. He is the luckiest coach right now because I believe he's doing one of the worst jobs of all the coaches. You look at the the Packers' offensive roster, they have so much talent. They have a stud left tackle. They have a stud quarterback. They have a stud wide receiver. They have a very good running back. They have a good pass-catching tight end. They have a good number two. They have a great just – array of weapons that he's not been able to use. And I understand that Aaron Rodgers is a very good quarterback and he has his own issues and he likes things his way. But as a coach, you have to be able to talk to him and find a happy middle ground where you guys can work together. And I don't think that he has done a great job of that. I have to agree with everything that you said there. I'm going to throw a hypo- hypothetical at you. They're three and zero now. They've the Packers have been a bad team in the second half, mostly because of injuries the last couple of years. Say that they fall, they end the season at seven and nine. Aaron Rodgers and Lafleur Lafleur keep on going back and forth. They clearly don't have a connection. 
Do you think the Packers move on because Aaron Rodgers is unhappy with the coach? If they, or do you think that the coach wins out and Aaron Rodgers has to deal with it? No, Lafleur is definitely gone. If they don't make the playoffs this year, with the way their defense is playing, Lafleur will be gone then this year. If they win less than ten games, he will be gone this year. Really, you think so? Especially saying they're three and zero, they're going to be four and zero after Thursday. I got a little early for picks there, but okay. Well, they're playing the Eagles, who have this just didn't have lost their entire team to injury. They decided they just, they want to forfeit the game. Yeah, they had to play. cancel a practice last Wednesday because Peterson didn't have enough players that could dress and. Uh... <laughs> I've I've never heard of that before, canceling a practice for too many injuries. You can't make that up. And it's really showing because their team isn't – they're not tackling well. The offensive and defensive lines aren't as dominant as they should be. I think it's because they haven't practiced enough. They're an old team, and all these lack of practices, I think, have really hurt the linemen. Yeah, probably. Linemen definitely need time to gel. Um, But we, we'll stay away from the Eagles. But I think – LaFleur, I don't know if he's a bad coach. I would never have hired him. I think the Packers will eventually find a way to make their offense rolling. But I think the only way that that's going to happen is if LaFleur just lets Aaron Rodgers basically tells him what he wants to do. It might not be a bad strategy. I mean, a lot of people say he's one of the top quarterbacks to ever play the game. Uh, you want to move on to another coach? I think this one will be pretty quick. Which one? Brian Flores in Miami. He's 0-3. The team has scored one offensive touchdown in three weeks. There. He's a sacrificial lamb. He's a, That's the... He is a sacrificial lamb. They're trading away all of their good players for draft picks. They're in a complete rebuild. And I think that's all we have to say on the matter. He'll be there for two years until they can build up some pieces. They'll ship him out and they'll get a new coach. Two years might be generous. They might get rid of him this year because they're going to want to have a, they're going to want to make it look like it's a change in culture with them bringing Tua in, assuming that they have the worst record and draft Tua. How would you feel if the Dolphins got Tua and they got Jay Gruden? I think that would be a good fit. They just have to be patient. My Miami sports teams are notorious for not being patient, waiting for young players. And they're going to have to be patient with this one because they have, they really have no silver linings on this roster. There's, there's no one on that roster. Xavier Howard, only player pro bowl caliber. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to have to wait a couple of years, no matter how good or how bad Tua is. No matter who their coach is, they're at a disadvantage. And it sucks for Brian Flores because he might have been he he might be a good coach, but now we'll never get to know because he's gonna go 0 and sixteen, one and fifteen, some somewhere around there. He's Maybe they go. steal a game. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the any given Sunday treatment and maybe he could pull off a game somewhere this season, but He's not going to get another head coaching job just because of how bad Miami was, and he lost control. The players asked to leave before the season even started. Yeah. 
right. That's really all we have to say about Brian Flores. Feel bad for the guy. Uh, now the oldest coach to get hired, and it's really people were shocked that it took him so long to get a head coaching job. It's Vic Fatio with Denver, supposed to be a defense. Well, he is a defensive genius. He's he's had defense uh, Super Bowl caliber defensive teams. But this year with Denver, their defense hasn't been that great, and they're 0-3. The offense looks terrible. I thought they should have done everything in their power to pair him and Gary Kubiak together, but uh, I think management had arguments with Kubiak when they were at the negotiation table, and he never ended up signing. I don't think he's done a very good job as head coach. He He might just be a defensive coordinator. He's been the most disappointing head coach that I had high hopes for in the new hire class. Mm-hmm. Thought he was gonna yeah, I thought he was going to bring Denver, was my sneak six seed in the playoffs this year. Dave can tell you before the season started, I'm like, I think Denver is going to have a shot. And just nothing but disappointment. 0-3, defense hasn't looked that good. They haven't been creating turnovers. And they could have won two. They could have beat the Raiders, and I forgot who they lost to in week two. The Bears. The Bears, right. They were in that game, too. The defense kept them in it, but their offense just can't get anything going. Fourth and and 15, Trubitsky hits them across the middle, kicks a 50-something yard field goal to win. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's just that's just the stuff that ha- that's the kind of stuff that happens to you. Like last year, I think Carolina hit a sixty-three yard field goal against the Giants. Sometimes when you're a bad team, bad football team, things just keep on piling. You can't you find ways to lose games like you never thought you would. Like Tampa Bay missing a thirty-five yard field goal. Yeah, I mean, I just I think. I don't know what's wrong with Fangio if he wants to take tank for a quarterback. I might have talked about it. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller have zero sacks combined this year. Yeah, I know. They're they're off they're defensive and I don't think Wolf has made much of a much of an impact at defensive tackle either. Those are three guys who uh, the three names sound like the best defensive line in all of football right now, but they just haven't been that also, he's supposed to be – he's known as being one of the most meticulous guys in the league as a defensive coordinator. And the Broncos look sloppy. You look uh, – Flacco walks up to the line with five seconds left on the play clock and they're scrambling to get the playoff. Uh, they get, they're having a lot of penalties called against them. He just hasn't – the team doesn't look as sharp as I thought a Vic Faggio team would be on paper. I agree. But I hope he gets another chance because I feel like if he gets a good offensive coordinator to pair with his team, their team could be elite. I agree, and he's definitely deserve he deserves more than one year, a one year try at this because he's been in the league forever. He's been successful in the league forever. Just all just an all around good guy. I I remember I came home from work and watched his press conference when he was hired and. I had nothing but respect for the guy. He just seems like a really old-school football dude, and I want him to do a good job. Okay, Dave. Now it's time. We're moving to the young kid, Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. 
And I just want to say before you go, I thought this guy was going to be a bust. He was going to be terrible. And I actually think he's done a pretty decent job with how bad of a team he has around him. How I agree. The Cardinals are fun to watch. And last year they were they were a joke. He's done a he's done a good job with Kyler Murray. They're a young team. They don't have much talent, but they're in games and they'll win a couple this year. They'll be a tough they'll be a team that a lot of people don't want to play, which is a tribute to Cliff King, Kingsbury's coaching. Hey, they beat a Detroit team that beat the Eagles and the, they tied a Detroit team that beat the Eagles and the Chargers. They lost to the who else did they lose to? They lost to the They lost a they lost a close one to the Ravens and then they lost to Kyle Allen and the uh Panthers. Which they didn't have film on the kid. They went in thinking the Panthers don't throw the ball more than fifteen yards behind downfield and they just chucked it deep and they got they got a lot of deep passes off against them. Yeah, they didn't account for Kyle Allen being Joe Montana. I didn't either because he knocked me out of my eliminator pool. But yeah, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury's done a good job so far. I thought, I, I thought you so took far. the Bills. Well, I've, I have, I bought two entries in this one, so I took the Bills for one, and then I thought I was being slick in picking Arizona to beat the Panthers with a backup quarterback. But hey, Panthers proved me wrong. They they've done it a lot over the last couple of years. You have anything else to say about Cliff Kingsbury? Um, I think their offense is going to work in the NFL. But I think it's very important that you have a mobile quarterback playing that position in his offense. Yeah, I also think he needs to have a little bit more structure to the offense, which it's hard now with the first-year quarterback. But And a terrible and offensive line. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's – there's so many. There's a lack of good offensive linemen in the league. Is it a lack of good offensive linemen, or is it just that defensive linemen are becoming so dominant, and it's getting so hard for these guys to to hold their own against them? Which one do you think it is? Well, I I'm gonna defer this to. I was watching Mark Schlera on Fox. He the old offensive lineman for Denver, and mm-hmm. he said he was talking to people who were offensive linemen in the game now, and they said the biggest problem is they don't hit enough because they want to prevent injuries. So in training camp and actual games, the offensive linemen aren't prepared enough to go against the best athletes on the field, which are the defensive linemen outside backers for the pass rush. And he says... Very very good point. He says, it's, it's You can't simulate game speed without hitting. That's what... And it's like even hitting in practice, you can't simulate game speed it's very much an adjustment to when the season comes and goes and flows. And I just think, I think the offensive line problems is from a lack of preseason games. I think offensive linemen need preseason games. That's just what I believe. That's a good, that's a good point. When you become a head coach, then, uh, Always have your offensive line play in the preseason. I'm not saying like all four, but I'm saying I think people are trying all into this, keep players healthy and extend their careers. But I think there's some positions that just can't be extended too long. And I think offensive lineman is one of them. No, you're a hundred percent right. Like offensive, you could see it just watching a course of a season. 
offensive lines get better as the season goes on because they learn that they learn the weaknesses of the other guys around them. They gel together. Like we saw it with the Giants last year. The first six weeks, they were one of the worst offensive lines of all time. And then they ended up ending the season as a league average offensive line just because they grow together. So you do need time. You do need reps together. You can't just throw five offensive linemen on the field and expect them to protect the quarterback or give you a good push for the run game. Really good point. I didn't think I didn't think of the whole preseason thing. Yeah. But yeah, Kingsbury, Kingsbury and Murray are going to have a chance to grow together over the next couple of years. And it's just uh, it's really sad for him, for both of them, that their division is their division. Because I believe that's the best division of football right now. Hard to argue at that point. Maybe the NFC North. But I, th- I think it's the West. I think the West is the best division of football. NFC West. Yeah, those two divisions on paper are very close. But the West, the West has had more recent success, so I think they get the edge. I agree. So let's move on to the AFC North. Zach Taylor and the 0-3 Cincinnati Bengals. He was an offensive coordinator or a quarterbacks coach for one year under Sean McVay. So he was named the next prodigal son, the next hot young head coach. I don't think you could judge him on this year. He, Andy Dalton's going to be gone after this year. He'll get his chance to draft his quarterback and also get the offensive line to improve have a healthy A.J. Green. Uh, I think they're going to shut Joe Mixon down at some point just because it's not worth, ha- worth having him run out there and get injured. But I think you have to wait till next year to judge Zach Taylor. I agree with that statement. I actually thought the Bengals aren't doing that badly. They w- went toe-to-toe with the Seattle team, lost by a point. They then got killed by San Francisco. Let's wipe that game. And they went to a Bills team who's three and zero, and they really they ended up coming back for, from a fourteen nothing deficit and come, going up seventeen fourteen. They ended up giving the game away, but it was a good, it was a good comeback. And yeah, I they do- definitely he definitely has them playing hard with a not so talented roster. Do you think he could beat the Steelers this, this week? Because that was that was a game I was going back and forth on. Because a backup quarterback for the Steelers, veteran head coach. Do you think that they'll pick up a win, or do you think they drop to 0-4? I think the Bengals players will play harder for him than the Steelers players will play for Tomlin. I think the Steelers roster is still more talented. Um, But I, I... I think the Bengals could pick up a win this week, but I think this game is a toss-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely very close, and for good reason. And then our last head coach, one that's near and dear to my heart. I like the signing a lot. I think he is a good head coach on paper, just has maybe a little bit too much of a personality issue. Adam Gase, 0-3 New York Jets, down to his third-string quarterback. His first quarterback got mono, the second one, had a gruesome ankle injury. He was brought in because he's an offensive genius and he's going to make Sam Darnold into the next great quarterback. But so far, the offense has been very vanilla. 
But I think we still have to wait for Sam Darnold because if Sam Sam Darnold did have mono for the first game, he couldn't play. He, there's no way he could play up to his full potential. In the last two games, you're not going to have your full offensive playbook with a backup and a third string. So he hasn't lost the locker room yet, but I think that this is a team with Jamal Adams always having a big mouth and Le'Veon Bell being Le'Veon Bell. I think he could lose the locker room very fast if they don't turn it around when Sam Darnold gets back. What do you think? I I don't think you can judge Adam Gase on what happens this year. Because I think Darnold's going to be out another two to three weeks, which means well, he says he says he's coming back for the Eagles game. Even if he comes back for the Eagles game, he's not going to be practice. He's not going to be a hundred percent by then. Mono doesn't just stop overnight; it's a gradual progression. And I don't think I don't think the Jets will beat the Eagles either way, even if he was there all year. Um. I don't see – I think this year might be a wash for Jets fans, for him. But I feel like he needs a late run this season to give Jets fans and Jets players hope for next year. It's always hope for next year. But one, th- one thing that he has on his side is now he has – like he, him and McCagnan did not get along. It shows they cut a third-round pick from this year's draft. That just shows that they didn't get along. Now he got to pick the general manager who he gets to work with, and Joe Douglas. Who has so been I, a very good general manager for the Eagles. Yeah, So, and he's a former offensive lineman. Hopefully he could pick a couple good ones because we need them. I agree with you. I think that next year's the make-or-break year for Adam Gase, but it definitely wouldn't hurt his case, especially with the New York media. People were calling for his job after week one. If, if he puts together a string of wins and has them playing competitive football in the second half, it, it will only benefit him. I agree. Do you still think the Jets make the comeback and uh, make a run after being 0-6? Well, I don't, I don't think the Jets were going to make a comeback. I just feel like if there was any 0-2 team that would make a comeback, I feel like it was the Jets. Okay. I mean, if you look at everyone else, you have the Jags won, so you were good on that. But other than that, I think every other 0-2 team went to 0-3 this week. Except the Giants. And the Giants will probably go up to 2-2 two and because two they're going to beat the Redskins this week. Yeah, but do you see the Giants making the playoffs? No, they're not a good football team. They'll be exciting because of a young quarterback, but their defense is actually atrocious. Yeah, but I think I'm liking your Jaguars pick more and more. Yeah, I'm excited about it. They have I. Who do they play this week? The I'm looking it's, at the schedule. The Broncos. Yeah, so but it's in Denver, which is why I'm worried, and I'm not uh, going public picking the Jaguars. But I think it's it's definitely a winnable game for Gardner Min, Minshew and the boys. Yeah. By the way, how nice did he look in that first in the first half of that game last week? Very good. He looked very yeah. good. They didn't. They didn't make him make too hard throws. They didn't make him make tough choices. He just made plays that were open and threw the ball to open guys. 
That, but the touchdown pass to Chark was impressive. That was on the sideline with a tight fade window. throw. Yes, that was a very yeah. good throw. Yeah, I'm def I'm definitely a fan. I hope I hope it's the real thing because it would just be cool to see another six round pick become the next Tom Brady, the next Tony Romo. You like having those guys in the league, unless they win six Super Bowls and are constantly beating your football team. Yeah. Okay, and to finish off the coaching rant. Which head coach needs to go besides these these young new coaches? What head coach needs to go this year? I think Rivera from the Panthers. I like him. He's definitely a very good football guy. He's he's had a great coaching career, but with I think Cam's almost gone soon, and I think they're going to want to have a change of culture. They kind of gotten stale over the last couple of years since that one unbelievable season that they had. Good football guy, hasn't done anything wrong. I just think it's time for them to make a change. What about you? I'm actually going to stay in the same division. I'm going to go with Dan Quinn for the Falcons. The Falcons. Very very similar situation, actually. They have one of the most talented rosters in football offensively, but their offense hasn't clicked since. um, What's his name? Can you help me out here? Uh, Kyle Shanahan. Since Kyle Shanahan left, and I think they need to move on. They need to find another offensive guru to help that offense click. Because Atlanta's fun when their offense is clicking. They're a fun team to watch, and I don't think they have been recently. And that goes back to your point about do you want like a offensive defensive play caller or a a mediator? Because Dan Quinn's the definition of a defensive play caller, but it's it's not a surprise that to anybody that he neglects the offense. I think it's been well recorded. They brought in Dirk Cutter, who was who was the offensive coordinator before Kyle Shanahan. But this year the offense is very inconsistent again. So I agree with you. He him and Juan I don't think his name's I got my Rivera's mixed up, but him and uh him and Rivera are very similar situations. They both had a Super Bowl run where they came up short and then they've been their teams haven't been bad, but they've under been better than average. They've under yeah, exactly. Granted, you could also put that on the Saints being a very good team. That's true, but I mean, you only play the Saints twice a year. You could beat. They've lost to teams that they should beat. Yes. I I'm surprised neither one of us picked Mike Tomlin. I feel like he's a very hot, he's a very hot uh, coach for people to name right now. I understand that, but I feel like the Steelers, Steelers as an organization, their owner, I think it's Amara, right? The Maras? No, the Maras are the Giants. Who owns the Steelers? The Roonies own the Steelers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the Roonies don't like to get rid of head coaches very often. So yeah, think, what if they had three over the last 50 years or something like that? Yeah, it's, it, it's something like that. So I don't really see them getting rid of him. Um, so now we're going to move on to our picks from last week and I'm going to read across the board, what we picked the O2 team to succeed. I had the jets and Dave had the Jags. He won that one. Yeah, but you were, you weren't expecting the jets to win that week. So that's kind of an unfair matchup. Yeah. They weren't going to beat the Patriots even with a fully healthy team. And the two O team to fall. I had the Seahawks and Dave had the Ravens. 
which is both a check mark for both of them. They both lost this past week. Um, the Chiefs Ravens game, I picked the Ravens, he picked the Chiefs. The Saints Seahawks, we both had the Seahawks. And the Seahawks ended up losing to the Saints, and Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good in that game, though. Yeah, the Saints the Saints reminded us all that they have a very good roster, and it's not all about Drew Brees. Yeah. Uh, but I did not expect them. I didn't expect the Seahawks to look as bad as they did because they were in Seattle. I think the, the Carson fumble definitely, definitely hurt them, and I think it just snowballed from there. Well, that's but a yeah, backbreaker. Yeah, you're driving, we both. You're driving down the field, fumble. And it was on a 20-yard – he ran – he was, I think, twenty yards past the line of scrimmage at that point. So it would, it would have been a big play, and then it went the other way. Kills you. Then I had the Texans over the Chargers. Dave had the Chargers. And what's happening to the Chargers, Dave? They're missing a key component of their offense, and a key. Com- they're they're missing their defensive captain, and maybe their best defensive player. And they're missing a key component of their offense in Melvin Gordon. I don't think they could fix it without getting without giving Gordon what he wants and putting him back on the field. Okay. And both of our safe bets won this week, despite close calls. I had the 49ers and you had the Bills. The 49ers won despite five turnovers. And Dave had the Bills winning. Yeah, the Bills had me sweating when they actually gave up the lead yeah. after being up fourteen nothing. So they had me sweating a little bit. And then for the upset of the week, I had the Lions. Sad to say, I picked that right, and Dave had the Jaguars. So we both did well in the upsets. Yeah, close game. I had the Colts, and you had Arizona. A good call there for you. I did not expect Kyle Allen to. Move the ball. I I didn't expect that either. Um, I thought the Colts played a good game. The Atlanta came back at the end, but I think it was more garbage than anything. Yeah, that game and the St. Seahawks game were not as close as the score indicates. Okay, Dave. Is there any... Please pick our favorited team to win or upset of the week and our closest game, Dave, what would you like to start with? Uh, let's start with the favorite because it's definitely less suspense. So I'm going to go with Out, uh, outside of the Patriots and the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to stay away from them because of their cop out. Yeah. Uh, give me Houston against the Panthers. Carolina is a bit uh, not Carolina. Well, yeah, Carolina. They're not that great a football team. They have Kyle Allen again. He looked great last week against a bad Cardinals defense. There's also tape on him now, and that's invaluable. He's still a young quarterback going into Houston against a good defensive football team with guys like J.J. Watt coming at him. I think the Houston Texans are a safe bet this week. I think the safest bet this week is the Raiders going to Indianapolis. I think the Colts will slaughter the Raiders this week. I was thinking about going with that, too. I think they played really well against Atlanta. 
they showed that Jacoby Brissett is not nothing. He's not no one to sleep on. He's a very good player. And I think the Colts could be in for a playoff run this year. Make it to the playoffs. Yeah, I think so too. They their offensive has not skipped a beat with Jacoby Brissett. Again, Frank Reich, coach of the year. One of the best coaches in the NFL. I agree. And I think um, I think that the Colts defense has played very well this year. And the Raiders, after week one, have underachieved. They That's haven't, true. They haven't been competitive since week one. Yeah, my hype has died down with the Raiders. I do think that, th- that they'll be exciting to watch because they got some players. But yeah, the Colts defense, Chris Ballard did a heck of a job. That's one that draft and the Saints draft a couple of years ago when they drafted pretty much their whole defense. They're two of the best drafts I can remember in a very long time. The Colts filled five or six holes with the players that they drafted. Chris Ballard did an amazing job. Or wait, is it Chris Ballard or I don't know off the top of my head. I think it is Ballard. Ballard's the GM. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I wasn't sure if I was getting him confused with the guy before him who was absolute trash. So hopefully it is Chris Ballard because if not it's the complete opposite. But yeah, he whoever it is has done an amazing job as the Col- Colts GM. And Frank Wright's a great coach. They they might still win 11 or 12 games. Good pick with uh, with picking the Colts over the Raiders, I think. So now we're on to our close game? Yeah. Would you like me to start or would you like to start on the close game? Shoot your shot. For my close game, I have Atlanta over the Titans in Atlanta. I think, I think the Falcons are a different team at home. And they play much better at home than on the road. And I think their defense will hold the Titans back enough that the offense will be able to score enough points to win. How do you feel about I that agree. game? I agree with you there. Atlanta is always – we saw the Eagles uh, loss on the road there. I think that Atlanta still poses a good home field advantage for the Falcons. And – Marcus Mariota, it's just hard to it's hard to pick him against a team like the Falcons who could drop 30 on you in a, in a heartbeat because he's not going to keep up. Okay, Dave. And who's your close game? For my close game, give me the Giants over the Redskins. At home, in MetLife, Daniel Jones is homecoming. I'm not buying into the Giants are going to make the playoffs or even – even be a 500 team because it's a rookie quarterback. They have a bad roster, but the the Redskins roster is just as bad, and they don't have a quarterback. They have Case Keenum. Daniel Jones looked good last week. He's he's mobile. They won't have Saquon Barkley, which will hurt, but I think they the Giants have enough to go up to 2-2 two and two and beat the Redskins at home. I can't disagree with you on that. I think maybe the Jane, Daniel Jones won't do as well because there's more film on him now. Mm-hmm. But he he looked really good in week one. Hey, Dave, it's upset time. 
I don't know how you're going to feel about this pick, and a lot of people probably probably will think it's crazy because of how good the team has been, looked so far oh my. and how one-sided everything's been. You're not going to do it. You're not going to even say it. You can't even say it. I've got to do it. I Give me the Bills at home in Buffalo against New England and, and Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. The Patriots are beat up. They've got they lost their they're on their third string left tackle just like the Eagles are. They lost their fullback. They've got their injury report is completely filled. They're going into Buffalo, which last year Buffalo was leading the Patriots, I think twelve six at halftime. They ended up losing twenty four to twelve, but they kept the game close. And this year they have more pieces on offense to keep the ball moving in the second half and keep the game more competitive. I think they pull out a close win. Do the Patriots let up their first defensive touchdown this this week? Yeah, I have full, I have full confidence that Frank Gore, uh, Josh Allen, and company will move the ball, probably score multiple touchdowns. Multiple they're gonna need touchdowns. To win. Yeah, I know it's a big it's a big deal against the Patriots, but I think that they'll pull out this game in a fairly low scoring game, twenty to seventeen. The Patriots running game doesn't look like that they can control the clock against a really good defense. They've done it against the Jets, but the Jets didn't have Quinton Williams, who is supposed to be their run stopper now, and they didn't have C.J. Mosley, who's their defensive captain. Miami, you have to throw that game out. You can't make any judgments based on that game because they're the Miami Dolphins. And they beat the Steelers, which I don't, I'm, I'm going to toss it up to the Steelers not being ready. The Steelers aren't good this year. They're they, a good football team. The Steelers, they, the Steelers lost to San Francisco, and San Francisco gave up five turnovers. Yeah, and that's what they've still lost. The Steelers in week one came into week one as a good football team with Ben Roethlisberger. You don't think his elbow was injured for game one? I mean, it could have been. He, it didn't look like he was having trouble getting the ball down the field. It just looked like his guys were dropping passes and they couldn't run the ball with any consistency, which that's going to be the key for Buffalo. Frank Gore and if Singletary's healthy, they have to keep on moving because Josh, Josh Allen, I love him. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. But if he's consistently third and eight against the Patriots defense, then they are going to get blown out. Frank Gore needs to do what he did last game which was, I think, five and a half, six yards a carry. And then I think they'll pull out this game at home. What do you think the final score is? Uh, 20 to 17. Okay. Do you think it? Do you think that's completely crazy? Yes. Or did I lay out, out enough points that maybe it could happen? I don't know how the Bills are going to score 20 points on the Patriots. The Patriots' D is very good. Um, I don't see them losing that game, even if it is in Buffalo. I don't know. But, you know, okay. sometimes you just got to shoot your shot. That's true. I think if anyone's going to beat the Patriots this year, it's also you have to get the Patriots early in the season with Bill Belichick. That's been the thing. If you don't beat them in the first month, month to six games, then 
they're probably going undefeated because as the season goes on, they just get more and more sharp. So this is me shooting the shot that this is the game that they lose. And I think one thing you got to say about the Patriots, um, if if they are going to lose, a divisional opponent always plays them tough. It's one of the better ones to pick if you're ever going to pick against them this week. I think – it's possible the Patriots could lose. They're a very good team. And they could be lulled to sleep after playing two very non-competitive opponents. That's true. And also, is their defense really this good? It can't be this good. They played against Luke Falk, who couldn't, who can't get the ball down the field. And they played against Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen with no weapons and no offensive line. And they played against the Steelers with a very good offensive line and Ben Roethlisberger. But they didn't get to they didn't get to Ben Roethlisberger. They didn't have to. Yeah, because the team wasn't they weren't running the ball effectively. But they didn't. It's not like they got to the quarterback. Josh Allen's going to have time to throw the ball, and the Bills' defense is just as good. I think they they have one of the best running defenses all, in all of football, and they have some corners back there like Tre'Davious White. He could stay. And is Julian Edelman playing? By the way, because I I saw a Q next to his name. I know he left the game against the Jets early. I don't know if he's playing this week. So that's another big thing. The The key matchup for the Bills on defense will be if their linebackers could stay with James White and Rex Burkhead. Because I, I think Tredavious White could take away Josh Gordon for sure. But the Patriots move the ball with those little dip and dunk passes to James White and the wheel routes to Burkhead. If you could take those away, then they're going to have trouble scoring. All right, Dave, I think it's time I tell you my upset of the week. You want to try and guess it? Upset of the week. Um, It's not that much of an upset. You could see it happening. I'm looking through the schedule now. I know you're not picking the Eagles because you said that they're going to go to – they're going to drop to one and three. Uh, Hmm. You're not picking the Dolphins because you said they're going to be 0-16. Oh, I think I, I think I know what it's going to be. Who do, you, who do you think it is, Dave? The Saints beating the Cowboys that is my, on Sunday Night That Football. is my upset of the week. It's going to be a rematch. The Saints, the hottest team in football last year, went to Dallas, and Dallas laid out the recipe for how to defeat the Saints. It's going to be the opposite this year. I remember year. that game. Talking about a team just like the Patriots coming off three dominant wins against three terrible opponents with a quarterback that is playing higher than life. He's going to be shot down to reality. He's going to go into a Sunday night football game in New Orleans where did you see Goff during the playoff game last year? He couldn't hear shit. There's no communication on that field. A quarterback can't communicate to his players when in in New Orleans in that stadium. Yeah, that's why I was actually looking at that game too, but I had to go with the Bills over the Patriots. It was just too spicy. Yeah, that that's definitely a tough game going into. It's enticing to pick the Cowboys because there's a backup quarterback in the game, but it's also going into New Orleans again. And again, they're a good football team. They showed it last week. 
They have a lot of talent. They have offensively, Teddy Bridgewater's not a slouch. He's not Drew Brees, but he's not. He's a quality backup. He's a Nick Folesian backup. I think he's a little better than Nick Foles. He won 11 games uh, with the Vikings team a couple of years ago. But yeah, he's a good backup quarterback. He's not a slouch. They got a lot of talent on the offense still. No one on. As good as the Dallas linebackers are, they're not quick enough to cover Kamara. I just think this game could be – I think this is one that the Saints could steal. The Cowboys think they're on top of the world right now. Kellen Moore is the offensive guru, but what happens when Kellen Moore can't tell Dak Prescott where the reads are and what the plays are because the stadium's too loud? Good point there. It'll be a test for Kellen Moore's offense. And this wasn't the topic for this week, but Kellen Moore is going to be a very hot coaching candidate next year. I agree with that, but I think it's too early. I think he is going to be – I think he is an offensive guru. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think he is an offensive guru, but I just don't – I don't know if he's ready to coach. He's so young. But I guess that's always the question, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's been the trend in the NFL these days. People are looking for the next Sean McVay. Yeah. But the Cowboys also, their entire coaching staff is filled up with players that have been players under Jason Garrett. Like, I think uh, John Kidda is their quarterback's coach or something. He was one of Romo's backups. Uh, Kellen Moore was one of Romo's backups one of the years that he got injured. So they're bring. it's interesting how that, that works. Garrett's been there a while and Players must like playing for him because all these guys are coming back and taking jobs there. I mean, they must like to play for him. But it also might be that he only hires people he knows. That's I mean, true. Low-key, the Cowboys have a stacked roster. and They're going to be competing for a championship within these next two to three years. The problem is with their roster is if the new if they don't increase the salary cap the salary cap for football they're going to start losing players they're, yeah they have to the, their window to win is definitely it's it might just be this year because they're going to have to pay Dak they're going to have to pay Cooper eventually they're going to have to pay guys like Legion Vanderesh and well that they might not they're not going to have the same lineup going I mean, a roster going forward. Not unless they, what's it called? Not unless the CBA renegotiates that the salary cap is higher, which I'm pretty sure the Cowboys GM and and Jerry Jones have, they they are betting on it increasing. A hundred percent. Well, the owners follow Jerry Jones and, uh, and uh, why am I drawing a blank on the Patriots owner right now? Uh, Robert Kraft, they follow... They follow everything that they that they lead. They're the two guys who have been at it the longest and the most have had the most success over the longest period of time. So if anyone's gonna bet correctly about that, it's Jerry Jones. Okay. Well Kurt and one last point I wanna go over. Daniel Jones. We went into it a little bit. How good do you think he looked for the Giants this past week? He looks phenomenal. Like there's no there's no doubt that 
there was no doubt coming into the game that he'd be more mobile than Eli. But the way he was picking up the blitz coming, it, it just looked so natural that like he'd been doing it for years. in the NFL at NFL speed for his entire life. And also the one thing that goes on notice is the touch that he puts on the ball. There's one you could, there's it's one thing to get the ball to an open receiver, but it's another thing to consistently give it to them in a position where they don't have to break their stride and can keep moving and making their cuts after without slowing down. He was doing that consistently against the Bucks. Maybe not the most talented defense, but he was still get he was hitting uh, Sterling Shepard in stride. He was hitting Evan Ingram uh, on the crosser. Yeah, Ingram, and also uh, they have a rookie that they drafted. Latimer? I think in the fifth round, Slayton. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he looked very good that game too. Maybe a sleeper fantasy pickup if uh, you're looking for a, a wide receiver in a deep league. But he looked, it looked like he had good rapport with the receivers, even though he really only took over first team quarterbacking halfway through the week. Like him and Shepard looked on, and they have not thrown many passes to each other. So I was very impressed with Daniel Jones. I hope he keeps it up because he's an easy guy to root for. I think I was so surprised he got through his reads so well. He was mobile. He did. He climbed in the pocket. Like as a rookie, I don't think I've ever seen a rookie play a better first game. I'm gonna say it. It's it's hard to it's hard to remember, but someone on the radio said that the other day. So I was thinking, and the only one that I could think of that was better was Cam Newton's first game, where he went for like four touchdowns and four hundred. Other than that, like coming back from eighteen. 18 points down on the road. I think he only, well, he turned the ball over with two fumbles, I think, which is something that he has to work on. He doesn't do a good job of keeping both hands on the ball in the pocket. Yeah. So, but that's a common thing. A lot of young quarterbacks fumble. I think that he'll become more conscious and aware of that. I hope he does. But all in all, you have to give the kid an A for his performance. It was gutsy. It was. Uh, he looked like a veteran out there. Okay, well, um, as an Eagles fan, I'm scared. I think the Giants are a lot better at being competitive, a lot closer to being competitive. Their offense, if Daniel Jones hits, their offensive line is now improving. They're like middle of the league. Give them one more year, they'll probably be better offensive line. They have Saquon, they have Sterling Shepard in the slot. They're missing a, they have Evan Ingram at tight end. They're missing a big wide receiver on the outside. But you don't necessarily need that these days with Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, depending on your offense. Their defense needs a lot of work, which is. That good of a coach, but that's. To, remains to be seen. Uh, I'm very interested in how the Giants are going to finish up this year, but I think they could be a very solid team moving forward. Yeah, they definitely they definitely got more fun to watch with uh, Daniel Jones playing as well as he did. Question, Dave. Seahawks or Cardinals this week? I, I want to say the Seahawks because 
I do trust Russell Wilson, but if Chris Carson keeps on putting the ball on the on the ground, then it might they it might come back to bite. It's in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, I know. I could I could really see that being Cliff Kingsbury's first win as a head coach and Kyler Murray's first win as a quarterback. I want to go with the Cards. Uh, you know, Seattle's my dumper team, the team that I thought is paying. You went with mm-hmm. um, who'd you go with? You went with the Ravens. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you think of the Ravens are hosting the Browns this week? I think that the Browns will win. Really? I think. Yeah, I think they have to. It'll say. It'll say a lot. If Baker Mayfield comes out with all the criticism this week and just has a huge game, throws for 300 yards, they won't blow the Ravens out because the Ravens' defense is too good, but I think they could definitely keep up with the Ravens' offense. I'm still not sold that they're one of the better offenses in all football. I don't think they're one of the better offenses, but I think their defense is one of the better defenses. Yeah, so I think that's a close game. Typical AFC North matchup. I think the Browns I, – I, I'm picking the Browns to pull it out. Okay. I'm guessing you're going with the Ravens because you love Lamar Jackson. I, I love Earl Thomas, but yes, and Harbaugh. I love Harbaugh. He's a great – Yeah, it's hard, it's hard not to like. He's definitely the more likable of the Harbaugh brothers. But that's a topic for another day. Okay. I guess we'll be back next week. Yeah. We'll have a quarter of the season done. We'll know some things that we didn't know. Uh, this week. Um, thank you for listening in this week. Next week we will. Next week with the quarter of the season done, we will give our quarterly reports, and basically we're going to give our six playoff teams, division winners, and wild cards. Then we're going to put the two other teams we believe could be in wild card contention below them. Um, and that's what the theme of our next week's show is going to be. All right. Talk to you then, bud. We'll see you then. Goodbye.